Welcome to another episode of the Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss the passing of a renowned Harvard physician who changed healthcare internationally, a new study connecting sexual harassment to high blood pressure in women, and the first positive rabies case in a bat for 2022. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 126 for the week of February 28th. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Albert Battistelli. Before we get started, our diagnosis code of the week is W18.42, slipping, tripping, and stumbling without falling due to stepping into a hole or an opening. Well, without falling. Yep, without falling. So you catch yourself. You do one of those stutter steps. Yep. Like, look, you look. start jogging. You know how you just jog it off. Mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. embarrassing if you just jog it off. Right, because then no one around you really can even tell. They're like, oh, I just, you know, I just, I'm just trying to jog. You know, I just want mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. up, up my step, get some more workout in. Uh, but yeah, that's happened many times to me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like where I've just been like, you know, moseying along my way, and all of a sudden, like my foot goes out from under me, and I'm like, whoa! And I'm like, like my arms wave <laughs> for a second, and then I just keep keep going, keep going. Just jog it off, jog it off, jog it off. Due to stepping into a hole or opening, though, I'm not sure how many times it's hole or opening related that I'm... Yeah, it's know. more like uneven concrete on the sidewalk related. Right. Which might be an entirely different diagnosis code. Could be a whole nother can of worms that we're missing right. here. Right. Anyways, first up, we've got saying goodbye to a healthcare legend. Paul E. Farmer, the renowned Harvard physician and medical anthropologist who dedicated his career to delivering healthcare to some of the world's poorest regions, has died at the age of 62. Farmer died in his sleep while in Rwanda with no cause of death specified as of now. He spent decades working to combat global health inequalities. Partners in Health, a global health nonprofit, which he founded alongside four others, works to build public health infrastructure and provide medical care to the poorest regions of developing nations. The organization now operates in 11 countries. He was the author of 12 books and also a renowned academic conducting pioneering work on infectious diseases, health and human rights, and social inequality as a professor at Harvard. In 2010, he was named a university professor, the school's highest faculty distinction. Mm. Well, sad sad to hear. Good to know, though, that he, uh, I don't know, Lived his life well while he was here. He made an impact, changed some, changed lives. It's really cool. Yep, yep. He's a legend, as they say. A, a legend. We should have a physician uh, hall of fame. Hall of fame. They probably do. And they, they, they probably do. Well, he mm. should. We'll put Paul him up Farmer there. Should be in there for sure. For put sure. him up there. But yeah, thanks for all you did, Paul. Appreciate. Thanks, Paul. Yep. Here's what this yep. one's for you. Rest in peace. Yeah. Pour one out for Paul tonight, everyone. All right, next up, we've got sexual harassment linked to cardiovascular disease. A study published last week in the Journal of the American Heart Association analyzed data from a 2008 report from the ongoing Nurses Health Study 2, one of the National Institutes of Health's largest investigations into risk factors for major chronic disease in women. Over 33,000 women with no history of high blood pressure provided information in 2008 about their exposure to sexual violence and other trauma. The women were reevaluated seven years later. At the time, medical records revealed about one in five of the women had developed high blood pressure, with the highest risk for women who had experienced sexual trauma in their work and private lives. Women who reported having experienced both sexual assault and workplace sexual harassment 
had a 21% increased risk of hypertension, the study found. Women who said they had experienced workplace sexual harassment had a 15% higher risk, while women who reported experiencing sexual assault had an 11% higher risk of high blood pressure than women with no sexual trauma. Yeah, so this is another study that unfortunately checks out, right? Yes. It's like mm-hmm. women, women A, you know, experiences a sexual harassment or sexual assault related yep. uh, incident and their blood pressure increases because of the trauma associated with it. Mm-hmm. And then probably some anxiety mixed in with their daily life as well. In, so. Yep, increased stress levels, hypertension, all that kind of stuff. That's checks out. It does. Absolutely. And I don't know. It's one of those things that like, I feel like you didn't need a study to tell you that, but it's good to have the hard data that way. Yes. Anytime you can like label something a medical risk, there's better I, like chances for like funding um, or at least awareness campaigns against, you know, sexual harassment, which I mean, just be a decent person and don't sexually harass people. But I mean, once you can put numbers to it, you can typically get better funding to, uh, and either in- increase awareness or or tackle the problem head on. So hopefully that's what happens out of this. Yeah, always good to have the hard data. Mm-hmm. Next up, first bat with rabies in 2022, just a couple months into the year. Oh my gosh! Wow. Within the last 10 days, the Washtenaw County Health Department announced it had received a report of a rabid bat, the first of 2022. Dun, dun, dun. Is that in the entire country? Or is that just in the county? Wash. We'll discuss as I continue. Bats, along with coyotes, foxes, raccoons, skunks, and unvaccinated household pets, can carry rabies. It's a viral disease that we all know and love, found in saliva of infected animals. The virus is transmitted when an infected animal bites or scratches another animal or person. Symptoms of rabies include fever, headache, fatigue, pain, numbness, near the bite, paralysis, and seizures, among others. The disease is fatal if not treated, and so far the reported case is the only one of its kind this year. As far as February 14th, 11 animals in Washtenaw County had been tested for rabies, including four bats, but only one tested positive, according to the chart from the health department. So it sounds like this is only in Washtenaw. Very specific. Very specific that this county happens to find their first rabid bat. Countrywide, there's probably thousands, thousands. What this, a, this is a very specific article. This isn't the only bat that has rabies, has had rabies in 2022. I can no, just the only bat in this. The nation. But if you live in Washtenaw County, this story is for you. This story literally is for you. You. This is a niche story. This is, this is, this is important. This is just yeah. shows you how we care about the, the local. Yeah, we uh, care about local listeners. Yeah, local listeners. This isn't just a... To national podcast this is a podcast that gets right down we get into the weeds this is a grassroots podcast it is um this isn't the first time that we've talked about a uh a rabid bat this isn't Mm. the first story that we've had so you know the writer of this podcast seems to like bats a lot especially considering whether or not they have rabies or if they do so right or if and if they're from a if it's a countrywide problem or if it's just a small little county problem, we're still we, going to talk about bats. We like bats on this we podcast. Like, we, we do. We do. And let's go into our next segment. B-R-E-A-C-H. Breach Patrol. It's a breach. All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. 
Welcome to Breach Control. We talk about the latest breaches all across the world. First up, oh my gosh, we have reprioritizing at Priority Health. Priority Health recently shared information regarding a cybersecurity incident that took place at the end of 2021. An unauthorized individual in December accessed several Priority Health member portal accounts related to the provider's member rewards program. The company determined the individual was able to view information within PHMP accounts, which is Priority Health accounts that might have included names, birthdays, addresses, phone numbers, email addresses, insurance information, claims information, and limited medical information. There was no evidence to suggest social security numbers were accessed and no misuse was discovered, but the organization alerted all members and employers who potentially were impacted out of an abundance of caution. They also have to do it by law. Priority Health also is providing a variety of services and measures to ensure safeguarding. Priority Health is mailing letters as well to impacted members. Mm -hmm. So they're not, they're not, you know, this, this article is trying to save a little bit of face here and they're trying to say, well, you know, we're, we're alerting members, not because we have to, but because we want to be cautious and we care. We care about your, your, your health information, which they probably do, but they have mm -hmm. to by law, according to the, you know, HIPAA breach notification rule, the rule that we love, we all yes, know and love. We do. It's important. They have to tell them that they had a breach. Right. This is a requirement. This isn't out of the, just the goodness of their hearts. They weren't like, here at Priority Health, we look out for the patient. Right. So it's just like, here at Priority Health, we have to notify you that this happened. Right. So just something, just food for thought. It is good that they're going through it. Sure. Bad that it happened in the first place, though. All right, next up we've got data breach could turn criminal. Personal data from tens of thousands of people have been leaked in a massive NHS patient data breach. The sensitivity of the breach data, which includes details of medical procedures for patients, including children, means the incident could lead to criminal proceedings. Names, addresses, and phone numbers of tens of thousands of patients were included in the cache of documents as well as test results for cervical screenings and letters to parents detailing urgent surgery for children. The breach occurred when a PSL employee, Pumpkin Spice Latte, who was in dispute with the company, requested all emails and texts relating to their employment. They were sent a memory stick appearing to contain the firm's entire email server. The data should have been encrypted and access to the server should have had several accounts and passwords. The taking of data without the permission of the data controller, even if it's a mistake like this, can amount to a criminal offense under Section 170 of the Data Protection Act. So I don't think this was... So PSL wasn't introduced, but let me introduce them. <clears throat> Should have been introduced, but that's okay. That's why we're here. Uh, the information was leaked uh from psl print management a preston-based consultancy firm which manages the print fulfillment and dispatch of more than 10 million items of sensitive patient letters on behalf of over 200 nhs organizations wow so it's a vendor so okay. it's not pumpkin spice latte no so it turns out it's not a pumpkin spice latte it's not mm. even the season for a pumpkin spice latte anymore i know which is I even more out. egregious yeah it's even crazier um but you know this is this is actually a type of HIPAA breach that happens in the U.S. And this story is obviously not in the U.S. It's in Europe, which also wasn't mentioned. But I figured right. 
I'd mention it. Um, so this breach happened in Europe, right? Correct. Sure. Let me hold on. Hold that thought. I'm trying to. I'm going through all this stuff. NHS.UK. No, National yep. Health Service is in the United Kingdom. I knew it. So yes, this is a Europe company, European based. So they don't have mm -hmm. HIPAA, but they have the Data Protection Act, which is essentially HIPAA, but for Europe. Yep. So this type of HIPAA breach happens a lot in America as well, but it also happens overseas. So this is a bad one. I don't yep. know what the Data Protection Act entails, but I imagine it's very similar to HIPAA because when Europe comes up with a good idea, America usually follows. And then when America comes up with a good idea, Europe usually follows. And then it's called We're teamwork. Allies. Yep. That is, yes. Next up, forensic testing company hacked. A company previously used by the Oklahoma City Police Department to process sexual assault kits experienced a security breach that may have compromised sexual assault victims' personal information. The data breach occurred on November 18, 2021, when an unauthorized party accessed the network of DNA Solutions Incorporated, a private company performing forensic testing. While some personal and medical information have been vulnerable, compromised data did not include social security numbers, driver's license information, or financial information. Oklahoma City Police Department spokesperson Gary Knight said the department no longer uses DNA Solutions Forensic Services, but he said he did not know when the contract ended. The police department will send out its own notification of the data breach to individuals who participated in the department's sexual assault kit collections, according to the statement from police. So I'm wondering if this is considered a HIPAA violation. I mean, I assume it would be. I mean, sexual assault is a... Yeah, I guess. It, yeah, I mean, medical... Protected health information. Yeah, it would be, especially I if you had like if you had like a sexual assault kit, like that would that's yeah. a medical procedure. To I have imagine with. those kits are probably administered by a physician. Yeah, they would need to be. I would assume. I don't think like Joe the cop is going right. to administer sexual assault kits. It just doesn't sound appropriate. Right, <laughs> right. Just saying it out loud doesn't sound appropriate. Um, but yeah, this is not good. I mean, this is very very sensitive information not only just because it's protected health information but because of the nature of the protected health information that it's covering yeah so hopefully uh they figure that out but it goes back to the whole rant i had about municipalities in a previous episode where municipalities aren't that great local right. municipalities don't have good cybersecurity. they don't nope. they tend to be victims of this more even more yeah. than private companies which also, and hackers are starting to realize that because yeah. one hacker probably, you know, it's just like a trend. One hacker was successful, got a bunch of information from hacking one municipality. It was covered on the media because it has to be covered on the media because they have to make sure that they notify people of the breach. But also the double sided sword of that is hackers are like, oh, I'm going to start trying out, trying to hack other municipalities. And then we have the snowball effect. And here we are. Yep. And that's it for this week's wrap-up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Albert Battistelli. Ah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bandage Podcast produced by eTactics.